I was 49 years old as the alarm clock wakened me from my slumber for an early morning meeting with our building contractor. I pushed back the covers and unplugged my iPhone. There was an anticipated message. I quickly deleted it. I staggered still half awake to the bathroom and turned on the shower. I like my showers hot, the kind of hot that would steam a small lobster. Perhaps I'm looking for more than just a clean body. Maybe the toxins of a smeared soul are being decontaminated as well. I stood beneath the surge of the shower head. I began to reflect on all life had brought me. A beautiful wife and three amazing boys, best-selling books, national speaking gigs, and with that, celebrity, and yes, prosperity. And then my thoughts shifted to the day at hand, contractor meeting. Our brand new building was close to being complete. We were about to move our flourishing new church congregation into a spectacular new facility. I was entirely unaware that three months later, our three-year-old church plant would mushroom to 800 people, and that four months later, I would be out of the ministry. Minutes later, I stepped out of the shower, quickly dried off, and stood motionless at the sink. My instincts told me that there was something next in my routine, but I was frozen. Putting my hands on the marble vanity, I leaned towards the mirror and eventually looked up. I saw the man I was forced to live with every day. I could not escape him. I knew things about this man that no one else in the entire world could possibly comprehend. There I was, completely naked, body and soul. And the words once again assailed my mangled, managed, secret, fake, and fraudulent life. These words, I hate you. There were no tears. Those had been emptied from my vacant human experience years ago. There was only hate and hopelessness. Andre Moreau said this, Man is not what he thinks he is. He is what he hides. And I knew I was hiding. I was the only one on the entire planet that knew who Blaine Bartell really was. And I officially hated him. He was a coward. He was a hypocrite. He had learned to act apart for fear of losing a family, a church, a paycheck, a reputation, and yes, a life. You know, when a plumber has a problem with porn, he can get help and keep on plumbing. When a marketer has a problem with porn, he can get help, keep on marketing. But when a pastor has a problem with porn, he better keep it under wraps. Because after all, pastors aren't allowed to have problems with porn or anything else for that matter, because we're not problem people, we're the answer people. And when the answer people start to have problems in most of the religious world, it is time for them to go. Today on Rethink This, we talk about pastoring through our private pain.
Welcome to Rethink This. My name is Blaine Bartell. It is great to have you with us today. And I want to begin by telling you about something that I think you are going to absolutely love. If you're a pastor or a church leader on February 6th, which is a Thursday at two o'clock in the afternoon, Central Time, you are invited to join our Pastors Circle online. This is a private gathering. It's focused on equipping you to finish your race strong. I'll be joined by a special guest, John McKenzie. John is the pastor of Hope Fellowship in North Dallas, an amazing church transforming the Metroplex. And he's going to be answering questions on healthy pastoral leadership. And then our circle of pastors is going to be invited to contribute your questions and personal insights. And each gathering is going to include with a moment of prayer for each other. So it's all about us. It's not about me. It's not about, you know, our guest. It's about what is God doing in our souls. You're going to capture ideas, perspective that will take your church and ministry on a brand new trajectory. Even more so, you're going to cultivate strategic new relationships with forward-thinking leaders from all parts of the church world. It's going to stretch your vision. It's going to give you a new community of friends, and I hope you will join us. All you have to do to get your complimentary pass is go to blainebartell.com. Click on the pastor circle at the top, and you'll find the place to register. And registration is limited. So do that quickly before it fills up. Well, let's get to our message. Oh, we're going to talk to pastors about how we can pastor through our private pain. And no matter who we are, we struggle. Mine was with porn. Mine was with lust. And truthfully, uh, many men who are pastoring, and I know we have women that are pastoring and listening to this program as well, but many men struggle with lust, but that may not be your thing. That may not be your besetting sin, as Paul talks about it. Maybe something else. But we have our private pain. We have our stuff that we're going through. So today I begin with a question, dear brother or sister, what secrets right now are you keeping? Maybe there's an abuse suffered or perpetrated that you've never processed. Is there a secret stash of whiskey somewhere that nobody knows about that's simply there to numb the pain a bit? Maybe it's pills and maybe it is a web of pornography. Perhaps there's a flirtatious relationship that's on the verge of an affair, but not quite yet. And maybe you are losing your faith in God. Maybe your secret is you're not even sure if this is real, but you've got to keep preaching it because it's your livelihood. And so here's the reason I ask these questions. Not because I want to know if you are a bad person. (laughs) I want to know if you're in trouble because you're not a bad person. The fact that you're in ministry says you care, that you want to help people. And maybe you don't feel like that today, but when you started, I promise you, you got in this because you cared about the lives, the souls, the families of people. You're a good person. And even if you are doing these things, today you're a son or daughter of the Father, and you are absolutely loved by Him. And that makes you good. And even good people can take a wrong turn in life. 
It is said that we are all three people. The person the public knows, the person our close family knows, and then the person only we know. Our thoughts. Jesus wants to set us free from our secrets. There's a story of the Samaritan woman at the well. We all know it. Jesus approaches her and answers her and says, everyone who drinks from this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water I give will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman says, sir, give me this water. I won't get thirsty and I won't have to keep coming back to this place to draw water. And he told her, go call your husband and come back. And she said, I have no husband. And Jesus said, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands and the man you are now with is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. And she said, sir, I can see you are a prophet. How perceptive. Here's the point. Jesus doesn't want any of us suffering alone with our secrets. He can reveal things in our lives and he can be present in our secrets in such a beautiful way. Most of you know my story. I suffered with the secrets of porn and sexual vice for more than 20 years because basically I couldn't trust anyone with the truth, right? I'd watch too many other pastors lose it all because their secrets were exposed. So 2020 for me marks 10 years since my disclosure. I call that day of disclosure <laughs> a day of terrifying grace. It was terrifying because for the first time I was going to reveal and disclose who I really was. But at the same time, there was this amazing experience of God's grace. Wow, my friends and my family would know for the first time I was in trouble. They would know I was sinful like everyone else in the world. And I knew the word would spread, and it did, and it was terrifying. But outmatching the fear was the washing over my soul of the grace of God and the protective covering of his love. Ten years later, I would do it all over again if I had the choice. I would completely disclose anything that I'd been hiding for years because there is a place of power, freedom, and deliverance in honesty and Christ-like confession. There's healing for the soul. James tell us, tells us that when we confess our sins one to another, and then when we begin to engage in a godly prayer for each other that will be healed. You see, forgiveness comes from God, but healing comes through vulnerability, confession, and prayer with brothers and sisters that we trust. I have four brothers in the city I live here in Tulsa. They're pastors, and we meet together every two weeks. And we have committed to three things together, to eat and celebrate each other's victories, to be completely honest with our crap, and to love each other through our broken parts. And it's a beautiful, beautiful camaraderie and brotherhood. We share, we talk, we're honest, we support, we help, we walk through the valleys together. And because of that, we get back to the mountaintops. You know, I'm asked a lot about 
pastoral restoration and how do pastors get restored and how do pastors get strong. And I refer to Galatians 6.1. It's such a beautiful passage, and I'll close with this today. It says, brothers and sisters, if one is caught in sin, you who live in the Spirit should restore that person gently. Did you hear that? There's a gentle, loving, gracious restoration process for somebody caught in sin, even more so for a spiritual leader and a pastor. But watch yourselves and you, that you also are not tempted, and carry each other's burdens. In this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. This is restoration. Restore in that language, in that Greek uh, word, is the same word in that day that was used to describe the healing of a broken bone. Now, I broke my arm when I was 17. I broke both bones in the arm. It literally, uh, after I... Uh, had this fall on a trampoline. It was my arm was halfway uh, down the bone, broken at a right angle. It was unbelievably painful. And so I know what it means to restore a broken arm. And there's some things that we do. Number one, you immobilize the arm. Then you surround it with a large, safe cast to keep it protected. Then you give it the necessary time to heal. And the purpose in it all is so the arm can be useful again. This is what restoration looks like for any of us. Sometimes we need a Sabbath. Sometimes we need some time off to gather ourselves. I love when I hear about pastors taking sabbaticals and and uh, taking a month off in the summer and not preaching and just giving attention to their soul and their family because our work never ends. We all know it's not nine to five. It is nine to nine, 24 <laughs> seven. People call, people have needs, hospital uh, visits. I mean, it just goes on and on. And so we need to sometimes immobilize if we have some stuff in our soul. We need to be surrounded in that cast of God's love and God's people and give it necessary time to get well and to heal so that we can be useful and productive. Once again, the, the corrective love of God is never punitive, my brother or my sister. It's always restorative. We don't need you out of the ministry. We need you healthy in your ministry. And if that means taking some time for a season to get healthy, to get strong, it's worth your future and your family. Wow. The past three years as we've launched into this coaching ministry and reaching out to church leaders and helping to bring health to their souls. God has graced me to work with literally dozens and dozens of pastors who realized they were in trouble, some of them with pornography, some with affairs, some with broken marriages. And so we were able with each of these to diagnose what had become dead in their soul, walk through the work of resurrection together, and we've seen each of their ministries not just continue but flourish. I have a word from Jesus for you as I close today. Instead of your shame, you will receive double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit the double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. That's Isaiah 67, 11. God doesn't want me, you, us living in the shame 
of our secrets. Shame thrives in darkness. Shame disappears when you uncover your secrets. Grace for disgrace. You are loved by Jesus. And if you don't have one other soul in the world that you feel you can trust with your secrets, know that you have me. I've been where you are. And I promise you three things, compassion, confidentiality, and a commitment to your healing. If you need help and you don't know where to turn, reach out. I want to help you love the person that you see in the mirror every morning. Thank you for what you do. Grace and peace. Thank you for joining us today on Rethink This. Want to contact Blaine? Learn more about his coaching? Give him a piece of your mind? Invite him to speak or just say hello? He'd love to hear from you. His email is bbartell99 at gmail.com or simply go to blainebartell.com. Two final things. Would you take a moment to rate and review this podcast and then spread the word with your friends and colleagues? We thank you. See you next time.